You are listening to Down Home. Quintal Provo is a prominent anti-violence activist who has recently been named to an international list of the 100 most influential people of African descent under the age of 40. Quintrell earned this honor due to his tireless work to spread the anti-violence message in Nova Scotia. This inspirational Scotian has graciously given a bit of his time to the Down Home podcast to tell us about the origins of his Stop the Violence, Spread the Love initiative and some of the other community-based projects that he has in the works. Welcome to Down Home, the Nova Scotian experience from two black men. I'm Derek Wise, and as always, we have Jay Jones. What's happening? And our guest this podcast is Quintrell Provo. What's up, Quintrell? What's up? What's up, guys? Good, good. What's Thank happening, you for, man? Thank you for sharing your time with us. This is awesome, man. Uh, so talk about the origins of the Stop the Violence, Spread the Love initiative. Um, it started... Um, nine years ago um, after losing a close cousin and friend um, to violence, um, Kaylin, and, uh, you know, basically going through that hurt and pain and anger and um, just every emotion possible that I had at that moment, I I wanted to do something where his death wasn't in vain um, to try and make a difference, you know, Um, so, so many times when, you know, violence happens and it's a friend of yours or something people seek retaliation and yeah and all those things um i want to do something different to, to try and change the narrative going forward um especially for our young black men um and, and and such so uh i decided to do a march um a month after he was killed and that was going to be it to be honest because i was grieving i still hadn't processed it yet you know um, and hundreds came out, but um, after that, you know, hearing from victims of violence and, and families that had lost loved ones saying that this brought them hope and you got to continue to do it. Um, I had to take time to think about it and, you know, cause I didn't want to do things 50%, I'm either all in or nothing. Um, that's the way I've always been. So if I can't, you know, devote myself to it, I'm not going to commit myself to it. So um, I thought about it for about a month and decided to, you know, continue to, down the journey. Um, and to be honest, it hasn't been easy. There's a lot of bumps in the road, but, you know, it's been worth it. And, you know, it's been able to change lives and, and make a difference in the community. Excellent. That's awesome, man. So it, the, the response has been overwhelmingly uh, positive. Yeah, it, it has been like I've had negative um messages you know i've dealt with racism where we don't have a gun problem we have a black problem get rid of black people um those are some of the type of messages i've got i've been threatened um it's been stressful it's been stressful you know you you're doing something positive you think you're doing something you know good for the community but there's always going to be people and i had to get to that point where you know you have to understand that not everyone's going to like what you do um not everyone's going to be for you um, and you're going to have to have thick skin to kind of press on and stay focused and, and such and know who's in your corner and who's always going to be in your corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I got to say my faith in God has been, you know, my rock, to be honest. 
um, to keep me um, going, you know, growing up in your North Preston and East Preston and in a Christian home and, mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to go to church. And, you know, I was uh, a youth pastor before mm-hmm. in North Preston. So um, my faith in God hasn't changed and, you know, it continues to help me get through um, those tough times. So um, it hasn't all been easy, but it's been worth it at the, to be honest, and it's continued to be worth it as we go forward. Awesome. Yeah. Talking about positivity, uh, from your viewpoint, uh, what type of changes have you seen after the, uh, summer of protests that we had last, last year in 2020? Have you, have you seen any tangible changes? There's been little, little changes, but I, like, people are still working on that change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of consulting over the last year since the protests um, with CEOs and companies and organizations on how to be more diverse, how to be more inclusive, how to um, engage with uh, the Black community, you know, um, and how to get that trust. Um, it's not something that's easily given, especially for our Black community. I, I had to tell them, like, you know, me as a black man from those communities, when I started Stop the Violence, you know, I didn't have the trust of the communities right away. It mm-hmm. took time. It took being consistent. It took showing up and, and continue to, to show that, you know, and being genuine and, and such uh, to, to get that trust. And it's over time that you gain that trust. Um, and so um, I told them it's not going to be like you show up one day and it's going to change. No. Um, but um, there has been like some changes, but not really like um, I'm still being followed in Sobeys and, and Superstore, you know, I'm still being pulled over by police, even though I, you know, have sat on a, a cultural panel for HRP and RCMP over the last, you know, year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the life of being a black man, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's tough, you know, I, I bought a new Mercedes back in September, and I've already been pulled over five times, no warnings, no tickets, or whatever. Um, but you see a black man driving a Mercedes, um, it, it, it's, it's, it is what it is. And, and it's, mm-hmm. it's getting frustrating because you see everything that's been happening um, down, you know, below the border. And, and you see things that are happening here in Canada as well. And it's been brought to the forefront. And mm-hmm. you would think that people would just constantly change and, and, and everything. Um, we had a police apology in 2019. And, you know, it hasn't really changed much. And so um, seeing that, like, people are talking now more about, you know, the changes. Yeah. But you got to be more about doing. And and that's yeah. where it's at. And, and people don't understand that this change um, is not something that's going to be able to change overnight or in the first year or second year. This is decades, yeah, centuries of, 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 our, uh, of what we've been through as Black people. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not going to take a, a couple years to, to, to change this. You know what I mean? In the True. education system, in the justice system. And the change has to start at the foundation. Yeah, it has to start at the foundation, you know, um, especially in the justice system and education system where these systems weren't built for black people, yeah. you know, so um, if that change doesn't happen, we're going to continue to have these issues, we're going to continue to, to, to go through this and the frustrating, most frustrating part about um, last year and the protests is for me was black people been speaking up for years, we've mm-hmm. been protesting for years. And it took the validation of the privilege for people to see that this was an issue. 
Yeah. And yeah. that was really frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the, the reason why, you know, George Floyd's death hit around the world was because the world was at a standstill. There was no baseball on, no basketball, no, yeah. no, no sports to watch. And we were in a pandemic. Everyone's trying to figure out that. And that was the only thing on TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Less, less you know? distractions, you know? Exactly. And, yeah. and that's why it was brought to the forefront. And it was so frustrating that, you know, when, when, you know, people of privilege, white people said, Oh, we really have an issue here. Mm. It's now okay. It's validated now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, We've been speaking up. We've been protesting, you know. And you know what about Philando Castillo? We watched uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, we yeah. heard about the Sandra Bland. We we watched the Trayvon Martin trial, which was big. You know, mm. all these things. It was. This is not the first one, and and that's why when people were talking about it, they were acting as if George Floyd was the first. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, no, it it wasn't the first. It's been many, and so. Um, it was, it was really frustrating and I don't see much change, you know, and I, I said that in a post, you know, a month after George Floyd thing died down. I said, now that things have died down, now that it's not a hashtag, now that it's not trending, now that it's not in the media, what are you doing at home and behind the scenes yeah. to prevent this from happening? And then what did we see? Jacob Blake. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. Yeah, And so that's the frustrating. Now, who are we going to wait for the next one? And then right after, you know, George Floyd's uh, killer was was found guilty. We had Dante. Dante, right. Yeah. Dante right. You know what I mean? So yeah. so it, it's a cycle that continues to happen. People talk about it. Now we're not talking about it much. We're waiting. People are waiting for the next one to jump on. Oh, this is not right. Poster, you know, well, things on social media. But what are you doing? Yeah. to change that narrative going forward. It can start at your house, you know, you telling, educating your kids. And like, I remember when the protests were going on and they were talking, you know, when I was speaking and people were saying, well, it's uncomfortable. People of privilege were saying, it's uncomfortable to have these yeah. conversations and stuff. And I was like, imagine being a black person, being uncomfortable every day, yeah. being uncomfortable when you go shopping, being uncomfortable while you're driving. You know, I had to have that conversation with my, my, my tenure while he was nine at the time about the George Floyd killing that he's seen on TikTok. Yeah. All these kids. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seeing that in the trauma, people don't understand the trauma. I was telling employers, check in on your black employees because this is not okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what made me actually, you know, so frustrated with my employer at the time, you know, um, when we had the Nova Scotia shooting, mass shooting. Um, yeah. You know, my yeah. employer, you know, uh, sent out, um, sent out a, you know, a message, an email basically on, on, you know, well, you know, we got counselors, we're going to bring all this in for the Nova Scotia employees and everything. And we had all that, mm-hmm. right? We had counselors on deck, deputy minister speaking, everything. Then yeah. when George Floyd happened, they said nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was nothing. There was no counselors. You got black employees. It was nothing. And so I, I wrote um, to my boss and went off, you know, about that. And, and then, you know, you get a, a email from the deputy minister talking about it, but it was really vague. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, I, I had to do this because someone spoke up kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I had to get behind and rate that because people don't really take us seriously, man. Mm-hmm. They don't take us as black people seriously. That's, that's the, the frustrating part. Like this, we've been speaking up. We've been yeah. out here protesting. And it's not just us. You know, you can talk about the indigenous community that's True. been, you know, going through it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I speak up on that side because, you know, you can never, like I, I, I haven't really celebrated Canada Day for the last couple of years. Mm. Yeah. 
how can I celebrate a, a, a country that does not celebrate me? Does, yeah. does not, you know, yeah. um, you know, does not take my life seriously. Doesn't see me as, you know, a valuable part of the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how can I celebrate it? And, and, and people were like, well, you know, it's, no, Donald Trump was the worst, best thing that happened to the U.S. He took off the mask of all the issues that were already happening. It's true. There, there was a lot of, um, lot of people that came to the forefront worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And started exactly. letting, letting their, their true feelings being known. Be heard. Yeah. Exactly. And that, and in Canada, we have Justin Trudeau and we mask everything. Everything mm-hmm. is in hidden pockets. And, wow. you know, when everything was going on, you know, our prime minister gave a little speech. We need to do better and blah, blah, blah. So what are you doing? Mm-hmm. They think because we put Viola Desmond on a $10 bill that that makes up for a lot. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Canada as a whole has its history just as bad as the States. You know what I mean? Uh, Exactly. uh, People escaped, you know, racism and slavery down there to come here only to face it again. And those those same problems that were happening and those same systems were built. So it's a good point of what you were saying about the systems that are in place. Like from my standpoint, just looking at the whole George Floyd and the whole Black Lives Matter thing was the internal uh, sort of corruption and how they view Black, like to keep power, they will almost do anything that they can, Yeah, you know, with their systems in place to yeah, keep the status quo. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a really, really tough thing to deal with. Um, and then and then you have Canada and then we get we get heightened because of what we see happening in the States, but yet don't deal with what's actually happening. I mean, if you're getting pulled over, you know, however many times you you have in your Mercedes, what's that wow. saying? Like, you know? it's 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 crazy because everyone when you talk about the issues and everything, they're like, well, it's only happening down below the border. It's only happening in the U.S. No, it's happening here. It's happening mm-hmm. here. It's, Nova Scotia is probably the most racist place in Canada. I, and I tell people that because we are the original black Canadians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been here. We've been here 400 plus years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's black and white here. You know, you go to Toronto and there's so many, you know, it's multicultural and, and everything. And then, but here it's black and white. If we want to talk about it, like Go back to Cole Harbor High and the race riots. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, then you know, a couple of years ago, they create a whole school in Eastern Passage, a high school. So now these kids go through elementary, junior high, high school. And then when mm-hmm. they get their interactions with, you know, Black people, it's at university. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's so, crazy. So, you know... You know, when they were going to Cole Harbor High, they had to interact with, you know, yeah. Black people. And, you know, bec- that's why I said it went backwards. You don't solve the problem by separating. No, you don't. Segregating. Mm-hmm. So what? what is, like, I mean, I... Derek and I haven't lived in in Halifax yeah. in in twenty odd years or so. What is what what is the sort of what are the elders in the black community saying to to face these things? I mean, obviously they've spent generations speaking mm-hmm. up, and now you, a young young man coming up, trying to make those changes based on you know what you what you saw with your your cousin. Yeah. Um, but what are the do they have anything to say or add or give you advice no, going like forward? The, el- the elders, man, I, I'm I'm forever thankful and grateful. And I and I spoke um 
I, ha I had a meeting a few weeks ago and we were talking about that because so many times us as the younger generation forget that there were people before us that were fighting and that we forget, you know, the work that they were doing. And we, we try and do things the new way without implementing any of the old ways that kind of work to get us through those hard times and through those tough times. So, you know, you know, I sit around my grandparents and sit around their friends and talk about, you know, the issues that they faced and they still see those issues today. Yeah. <laughs> we're still fighting. We're basically carrying the torch because they've them fought all their lives. And now we're carrying it and trying to get, you know, for the generations coming up underneath us. And that's the frustrating part because we get Band-Aid um, things given to us here in Nova Scotia as Black people, you know what I mean? To try and make it look good. Like, you know, they 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 tore out Africville, Africville. They took Africville from us, mm -hmm. you know? And then now you want to, you know, try and make amends. You know, you put a church down near it and everything, but it's still not our community. It's still not the houses that were there. It's still, you know, um, not not what we wanted. Like, you know, what we wanted to, to stay, they wanted to stay in their homes. Africville wanted to, you know, we have to have a reunion and stuff down in, yeah. in, in the area and stuff. And now they're, they're trying to give us this and that. And well, you know, Nova, North Preston is still fighting for land titles. Yeah. On the land that they own. Yeah. 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 Property houses that they own, they're fighting mm -hmm. for land titles. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh... the, like, it makes no sense. And, and, and that's the frustrating part is that, the, the elders in the community are, you know, they're still there, um, you know, shout out to like Lynn Jones, you know, who's still fighting hard. And, and, you know, I have so much respect for that woman and, 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 you know, she's, she's, you know, such an amazing person. Um, and, and then other elders that are still speaking up um, throughout, throughout the province and, and still doing what they can uh, to make a dif difference in the community. And it's not easy. It's not easy because, we have to have this mindset to, to continue to fight, even though we don't seem to be getting ahead. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Well, yeah. I, like, yeah. I'm still fighting the same issues that my but grandparents fought. It's, mm -hmm. it's interesting because um, I think what, uh, what is happening and going on in Nova Scotia is that um, a lot of the political leaders for the status quo have kind of caught on, caught on how to appease. Yeah. And what, I, what I mean by that, is a, I, you know, I, I draw the example of, because um, we had Elle Jones on and she's part of this commission to study the concept of defunding the police. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I asked her, you know, what's a, what's a positive outcome from this commission? And she was honest. She said, well, you know, they, they continuously refund the police. She said, we, we, we'd be happy with a little bit of conversation around taking uh, the mental health portion away from policing. But honestly, what else is going to happen? Mm -hmm. You know, she was very honest about that. And yeah, yeah. just, just the fact that the HPD is having that commission, it, it kind of tweaks my interest. Well, why are they having this commission? Why, why would you have a commission about defunding yourself? She's right. You know, because they're going to probably kind of try and control how, it, how it rolls out. The narrative. Where we give you, where we give you something and you think you got a lot. Yeah. But you mm -hmm. really have it. Yeah, and yeah. that's the way it works. That's the way it works. And, you know, um, that's how they control the system. That's mm. where they don't have to break down the entire system because it's still, we're going to still have those issues because we never went down to the foundation. If a system's not built for you, how is it going to work for you? You can 
start adding things and trying to do things at the top, but it's eventually going to still affect those people that it's affecting. Yeah. It's, uh... you know I mean? and, and that's, that's the thing about it. If you don't start from the ground up, you know, I, I'm, I'm grassroots for a reason because I know it starts at the bottom. And yeah. if that's why, you know, when I start stop the violence, I knew that a single march or doing the march was not going to stop the violence. But I figured out, okay, well, let me, you know, get into the schools. Let me get to the kids before they get to making those decisions. Because once they're already at that point, they're already down that road, they're already picked up a gun, it's hard to get them back because they're not listening to those in their trusted circle. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said my focus is going to be on the foundation of the generation. That's why I knew change was not going to, I didn't start seeing really start to, to see the change within Stop the Violence until five and year six and year seven. That's when I started to see little changes because those kids that I started at year one and year two and year three, now they're growing up, they're going to uh, high school, they're going to university, you know, and, and it's kind of filtering things out. Um, mm. If we don't start at the bottom, none of these systems are going to change. None of the things that we're experiencing are going to change if it doesn't break down the system from the foundation. True. Very true. Very true. Now, um, so you work with your, you're working with youth a lot and stuff like that. What kind of, uh, through your initiative, what kind of, what kind of new projects do you have coming up that sort of keeps the same vision alive? So one the new project, actually, I wanted to do um, two of them last year. They were supposed to roll last year. One of them I've been working on for a while. Um, it's a youth talk show uh-huh. called That's What's Up. basically giving youth a platform to talk about their issues, um, what they're facing, also highlight them academically and athletically, give them a platform to perform through song, poetry, dance. Um, But a youth talk show called That's What's Up, I I did a lot of research. Um, It's nothing like it in Canada, you Mm -hmm. know, and and nothing in the the, the U.S. where we give them a platform. So, you know, one week we're talking about bullying, you know, the next week we're talking about, you know, um, you know, black kids. How do you feel as a black kid growing yeah, up in yeah. this society? You know what I mean? And you have different guests come on and, you know, you have a live audience. I, I'm partnering with the art gallery and, you know, um, hopefully uh, Halifax libraries as well. Um, but, you know, it's, a, it's a, a way to get them, you know, talking. Talk about mental health. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you give them a platform where they can feel comfortable and that, you know, they're not the only one. Um, so that's one of the things I'm working on now. Um, hopefully, you know, this pandemic, um, you know, changes and we can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, this fall also, I'm working on a mentorship weekend. Um, basically, you have basketball camp weekends. You have all these sport weekends. So um, I want to do this annual event where we have uh, men- uh, mentors, which will be like, you know, young adults that are in university that the kids can relate to. Um, and then also some of the older um you know, mentors come in, mentor these kids through a weekend, um, mm-hmm. through, you know, skill building and, 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 and kind of building a, a mentorship network um, at the end of the weekend, have an awards banquet, you graduate, you get a mentorship. Now you, you're a part of this network, mm-hmm. you know, you're a part mm-hmm. of this network where you can reach out and, and, and talk to this person about, you know, um, you know, well, Navel Provo, you know, he played basketball and he does smooth, smooth meal prep. Talk to him, mm-hmm. you know, Lindell mm-hmm. Wigginton, you know, he's been in the NBA G League, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Talk to him, yeah. um, you know, Nathan McKinnon, bring him in, talk about the hockey journey and how mm-hmm. tough that is, you know, but not just sports, you know, you know, bring in L Jones, talk about activism, yeah. you know, and how hard that is, you know, and where they have this network, 
So whatever path they go down, they have someone to reach out to, mm-hmm. um, to, to help them and, and to, to, to give them advice when they need them. And then at the end of the weekend, that whole group of, of youth, you know, bring them together to plan an event for that summer, following mm-hmm. summer. Yeah. For you. Mm-hmm. That's um, good. So, so that's, that's what I'm starting. Those are two big things that I've been working on. Um, and, you know, me and the Style of Violence team, um, we're, we're really excited. Um, to bring these initiatives um, mm-hmm. out and 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 it's going to be something good for the community, you know. Yeah. Um, I think this, the mentorship thing is going to be really big because you always see these people, but you never get to interact or talk to them or mm-hmm. ask yeah. them questions. So it's um, important work and, and helping. You know, what I mean, it will, yeah. will be something big. My my son's going off to university, and we're trying to impress upon him he's going to Queens, mm-hmm. and we're trying to impress upon him that the support systems that a lot of the people that are around him in his university classes, you know, he, he has us, he has his parents, mm-hmm. but a lot of these kids that he's, he's been, he's around, they have not only the, the privilege of money, but they have the, the privilege of not having to have a part-time job. They have the privilege of connections. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. These are things that I'm trying to impress upon. And so what you're trying to do is trying to build that network. It's uh, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome work, man. Thank you. Yeah, very that's, much. that's I, I thought about it for a long time. Like I was like, you know, what can I do where it can help the youth and they have someone to reach out to? Because a lot of youth reach out to me. A lot of people reach out to me, ask questions. But, you know, I don't have all the answers. I'm not in these fields and, and such. But if I can create a network where the youth can reach back and and then eventually they come mentors for the, the same yeah. thing that they went through. That's what I want. It's a cycle. You give back through that. And, you know, you can volunteer. That, that's your volunteer hours that you need um, and, and such for your resume. And if you want to build, build your resume and you need help, reach back. We got yeah. people that can do it. You know what I mean? So give them that platform because, you know, as black kids, like when I went to the universe, I had to work a part-time job. I didn't mm. have that benefit of, you know, not working and just focusing on schoolwork, you mm-hmm. know, and that's yeah. what a lot of our kids have to do to mm-hmm. get through school, you know, yeah. work. And, yeah. you know, their support system is only their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, doing this network thing, um, this mentorship network thing, I think it's going to be a big thing for the community. Um, so I'm just working right now on funding for it. I'm trying to get donors. I, I got a couple on board that, you know, want to just fund it where, you know, the youth doesn't have to pay, pay nothing. And, you know, I got a couple of hotels that, you know, want me to host it at their hotel, the first one. And, you know, I'm like, so what are you going to give me for the rooms? If you give me the best rate, you know, where I can, the fund, the, the sponsors, you know, pay for the, the rooms for the weekend. You know what I mean? I'm going to do it because I want these kids. I always try and do my Stop the Violence initiatives where it costs nothing for anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So many people think that it takes so much money for change. Um, but you just, I, I don't like putting a price on things, you know, where kids no. have to pay to come, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? To, to get help. Yeah, That's yeah. what it is. It's basically getting, why am I, why am I charging you to come and get a mentor where it can help you change your life and keep your life and be sex successful? That there's no price for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah. It's very important work, especially talking to the youth about mm-hmm. what they're what they're feeling. You yeah. know, if if I could go back in time and, and take a look at my life and 
I wish there was someone I could have talked to, but we're in Nova Scotia. You always have that mentality of you got to be strong. You got to fight. You got to face the day and you just sort of got to learn how to adapt. So I'm really proud of that uh, on your part for really getting in touch and open these conversations, because like you say, this is where they're the next generation Mm -hmm. and they're the foundation from the root to the fruit. Right. So exactly. Let's uh, you know, uh, you know, keep up with those good things and doing good things for the children of, of the future. You know, I mean, uh, cliches are real. I believe the children are our future, right? So yeah, I have a real quote that I, I like, and I forget who wrote it, but it says every, every child is one caring adult away from a success story. And yeah, that's what I've been, that's what been my motto since I started Stop the Violence mm-hmm. is every caring child, every child is one adult away from being a success story right and it's it's a powerful it's a simple thing but it's a powerful thing and you know i i I also want to open up and start talking more about our black men and and understand that you can be vulnerable you can show emotion you don't have to and that's that's another issue that we have like you know growing up in the communities you you don't see your father cry you don't mm. see tears. And, yeah. you know, I, I think I've seen my father cry, te- well, shed tears maybe twice yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and and so those are, you know, because as a black man, you got to be tough. If you shed yeah. tears, man, you weak, you weak. Yeah. And, and we got to get away from that because so many of our black men are dealing with mental issues. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, they don't want to go to the doctor. They don't want to get help. They don't want to, because it's a sign of weakness. weakness. But really, but it's it's, it, the courage is, is the strength. There's more power and more power and vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So much power and vulnerability. Like Mm -hmm. when Kobe died, they seen all these NBA players and everyone crying and they were like, Oh, it's okay for men to cry. It's been okay. I cried. (laughs) I I cried for Kobe. I shed tears and everything. I told, I told someone the other day that I was like, I have a psychologist that I've been going to for years. And they were like, really, you got met. I was like, in the work that I do, being able to have a, 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 a calming mind. I was like, mm-hmm. I can talk to my parents. I can have my faith in God and I can, I can do all that. But I deal with a lot on a daily basis from stop the violence and from work. And yeah. I have to be able to keep my mind at peace. And so I've been for years and I said, they were like, oh, I didn't even know. Like, you're always smiling. You're always happy. I was like, yeah. And that's because I speak out. I don't hold everything. I don't internalize everything and keep yeah. everything shut down. Yeah. I let it go. I try and go to sleep every morning. I tell people I get up, I put on Michael Jackson, man in the mirror, and I have a positive moment with myself. And then I put on a motivational speak to start mm-hmm. my speech, to start my day, you mm-hmm. know? And, and like, I, what was it yesterday? I listened to Denzel Washington speech, fall mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. Don't fall back and fall down, oh. fall forward. Yeah. You're going to fall, fall forward. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how I try to start my day. And I tell people like, especially our young men, like, it's okay to cry. It is mm. okay to cry. Don't Definitely. sit here and try and be tough for everybody because it's only going to hurt you. It's only going to weigh you down. Yeah. Um, so vulnerability is a big thing that we need to talk about. Mental health is another big thing that I'm mm-hmm. trying to target, especially, you know, during this pandemic and, you know, trying to get people to open up more. It's, it's been hard on everyone. So yeah. It, it's it's been a tough year i mean you know mm-hmm. sometimes you want to retreat and close yourself off sometimes yeah. and you yeah. know because people are home with their families like the world is not the same and then, exactly then you have on top of that you have all these sort of racial injustices and and 
you know, us starting this podcast has been an amazing adventure, but what we've seen and what we've heard and what we're going through our own self just sort of makes you go, Oh man, there's like a lot of emotions I'm not really dealing with. So how do I deal with it? So you're right. Uh, trying to have peace of mind within all the madness is an important thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, you know, the last year in, um, in this pandemic has, uh, it's, it's illuminated a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, you know, through all these, uh, these times, like these, these issues that as black men that we do face, there's been a microscope put on this because of this pandemic. Yeah. You know, there, the distractions are not there. Yeah. Like, like you yeah. said earlier there, Quintel. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, it's- yeah. It's, it's, and so in that light, it's been positive, but yeah. um, through pretty much a pretty dark time, especially up here in Toronto. Yeah. 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 I know you we're, guys had it. You guys we're still had it. locked down, you know? Yeah. So you guys, um, we're just, oh, we're just opening up and, 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 you know, cases have been down. I think we're at 200 and some, we had like 15 new cases today, but we're at 200 and some, you know, from 1500, uh, 1500 plus we had mm-hmm. yeah. uh, two weeks ago, but things are just starting to open up. But I hope, you know, even though things are starting to open, that people still do the work, you know? Yeah. Um, when we were locked down, you know, so many people were talking about, well, I want to do this and do that so we can change and people of color can, you know, feel, you know, inclusive, but, you know, people tend to get sidetracked when, yeah. you know, the world opened up, we start being able to take vacations and we started able to, <laughs> to, 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 to live life the way it was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll forget all about yeah. it. Like, I talked about people like we, we were debating about the, the thing that happened at the Washington Capitol. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was the epitome. I had tweeted it out. And my actually my tweet had made it right straight to the Associated Press. Um, and I said, this is the epitome of white privilege. Mm-hmm. Where I've been to Washington a few times. You know how hard it is to get to the U.S. Capitol? Oh, it's hard. It's tough. The security is <laughs> really high. Yeah. Like, they not only got to the Capitol, was invited in. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, there was a cop that opened up the barrier. Exactly, it was like, <laughs> yeah. come on, come right in. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was crazy to see that because I said, black people are shot protesting. Yeah, people are going outraged because we're rioting and we're burning buildings and and, and all this stuff. And I said to him, you should be happy that black people are b- burning structures and yeah. not. Seep, uh, seeking revenge on police and shooting back at police. Yeah. After everything that we've been through, slavery, you know, the, the police brutality, all that stuff that mm-hmm. we continue to go through. Mm-hmm. The worst and, we've done is burn a building. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the one thing the pandemic has also shown going through a, a you know, a presidential election was uh, especially from the American standpoint mm-hmm. is how much of a divide there is in that country. Oh. Like, you know, it could have been on the verge of civil war if, if Donald Trump stayed in, oh. but just that, you know, 70 million people still, still voted for exactly him, for 70 him. million still so, after everything he did. Yeah. So that, yeah. but that just goes to show you that old school, that old set of values mentality that is still there. Um, and that's what's scary. Like Derek said, like it, it puts a microscope on all those things, but how are we going to, how are we going to, how can we change it? Or, you know, I don't know, but uh, well, these conversations are important, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It starts with conversations like this and yeah. us trying to get, you know, I've had, we've had a lot of positive feedback about down home. 
Um, and I think it has a lot to do with these uncomfortable conversations. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're putting this out here. And as, as Gary said, you know, uh, change occurs because of uncomfortable conversations. Very, very true. Yeah, and you know. so I'm, I, I, I'm, I've been working on a podcast um, that I'm going to later this year, but basically my podcast is going to be centered around um, speaking with uh, victims of violence. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. You know, sexual violence and, and domestic violence and, you know, gun violence and all that families or people that have been affected yeah. um, and trying to, to open up that light mm -hmm. um, where you have, you know, you may have a mother talk about her experience, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. you know what I mean? And, and how powerful will that be? Yeah. Um, so that's something that I've been working on over the last, it came, it came to me last year in the pandemic. And I was like, you know, given, I, I, I deal with a lot of people that are victims and, you know, I've had them share their stories. I stopped the violence day, you know, domestic violence victims, mm -hmm. sexual. So, you know, now given a platform where their story can help someone else. Mm -hmm. and, and so uh that's that's my other thing that i didn't mention that i, I got no works um you know i did so many different podcasts though you know um and, and amazing ones like you guys um but i wanted to do something where you know it's in a field that i work in you know dealing with violence um and, and something different so you know having that and being able to do that like you know you'll have people on there talking about how they you know feel yeah and, and the emotion and seeing that and i want to keep it real where the you know the tears come if you cry you cry you know of course um, yeah. it's emotion it's not easy but talk about it you know you have you know a, a young lady was talking to me the other day about what she went through and i was like you know you know and she just got a guilty verdict on on the gentleman and it's just it's just it's crazy you know some of these mm -hmm. stories that i hear that are happening right here in halifax or yeah. you know what i mean it's just like wow like it's crazy, but just giving that platform to, to make their messages and um, heard so that, you know, we can stop, you know, things going forward. If people hear it and they're moved by it and they understand, you know, maybe it'll change some hearts and change some minds. Yeah, I mean, we really need to sort of start connecting in that way as well, mm -hmm. because trauma is real, generational trauma, uh, especially Black communities, they go through generational trauma, not only in their families, just because of the way the system views us, yeah. um, you know, the representation of what's not in this school curriculum, mm -hmm. you know, young kids coming up don't know much about their history, and they learn it through their elders exactly. and, and, and different things like that. But um, these are important conversations, man. I'm really glad you're doing that. I'm an emotional guy as well. I'm very sensitive. I have no yeah. problem stating that whatsoever. I'm more comfortable with it than I ever have yeah. been. When I was young, I wasn't so much. I used to suppress yeah. a lot. So a lot of things can come out of these conversations that you yeah. have. It can give people release. It can give exactly. people someone to talk to because yeah. a lot of the time people think they're alone when they're not. Um, so, you know, even Derek and I, we've been friends for since we were eight years old. And <laughs> us, we've been having conversations about our life and our upbringing. And we're learning, we're learning stuff about each other mm -hmm. that we didn't know. But it just goes to show you what we do do to sort of try to hide things or 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 just sort of stand up and be strong in the face of adversity nothing wrong with that because that's just a natural way of being but it can take its toll on you if you don't have yeah. the right outlet or yeah. deal with it in the right way you're right well, yeah we, we we try to present an outward image of yeah. what we think we need to be 
Yeah. Um, and sometimes, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad, but we, we really do have to break down those types of barriers and have these conversations and uh, Quintrell, thank you very much. This has been yeah. an awesome conversation, man. It's we've, we've been kind of following you on social media. Yeah. Uh, this is why Jay reached out and, and saw if, oh, yeah. uh, kind of see if you wanted to take part of the down home podcast, man. Oh yes. I, I wanted to, it's a, it's an amazing podcast. I, 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 before you guys reached out, I had, had already, you know, checked out a few. So oh, cool. Um, cool. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this is something, you know, that is good for, you know, the culture for, for us and for, for, for the people. So always yeah. good to support. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, yeah, hey, um, take us home, man. for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, man, thank you. And, you know, what uh, the, the most amazing thing about doing this podcast every time is you get to see people that you've never met before, and you yeah. still get to see that backbone, that resilience, that strength, that fire, yeah. that passion to make some change. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that I stumbled on you and, and I was like, oh, this guy's doing some good things in Halifax. And and we also wanted to paint Halifax with that light as well. The strength, yeah. not just about what's going on and what's been buried for years and years and years. Yeah. But what are people doing about it? So, you know, you're coming from it. You know, how old are you, if I may ask? 34. OK, so we're we're we got a little bit age on you but um <laughs> but but that that being said what i mean by that is just the fact that you're a little bit younger than yeah. us but you're still doing something yeah. for the younger generations to come yeah. I, you know and out of uh you know out of uh something tragedy tragic has come a positive thing for you and yeah. uh i hope you continue your work and keep being that light especially to the children and the community so thank you I'm awesome. done. <laughs> no problem. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I, 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 I'll leave it on this. I tell people um, all the time, every time I speak, um, if you feel discouraged, put your hand on your heart. Mm. And if you feel your heartbeat, that means that uh, you have purpose and you're here for a reason. Yeah. Um, don't forget it and make the best of it. You know, yeah. journeys are going to have bumps in the road, but you know, this is a journey that I'm on that I I never thought I was going to be on. I wanted to go to law school, wanted to do that. But then this tragedy happened and took me down this road. And I had mm -hmm. to make the best of this road. And that's what I've been doing, just trying to make the best. I'm learning. I'm constantly learning. People call me like, you're an anti-violence activist. You're an expert. I was like, no, I'm no expert. I'm constantly learning. You know, I try and be the dumbest person in the room when I go into rooms because I want to soak up stuff from everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and try and apply it to my life in my way. And so um, just be the best version of yourself um, in whatever you do. Um, mm -hmm. But thank you guys for having me. Um, thank you for the great conversation on my Saturday afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. Um, you got me fired up. You know, it's, it's the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, en enjoy yourself, man, and take care of yeah. yourself too, okay? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Breaking new ground, breaking new ground. You have been listening to Down Home. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. On a high plateau, from the one down below to the future of the funk, getting lost in the flow. Contact with the spot, McX. Now it's time to flex with the force from the song, Breaking New Ground. 
time to sleep from as you reach laying it all on the line new trail stop to blaze it's a fire inside a brand new path breaking down the sum the one feeling free i just laugh with the joy of a beat boy just kicking it live a connection so strong transcribe with the vibe like magic prescribed